and welcome to the Wrestle Thoughts podcast brought to you by my two fantastic co-hosts, the man with no name, Callum McInnes. Hello. And the African Swede sensation, Kurt Johansson. Hello, hello. We're going to be bringing you around an hour of conversation about things that have gone on this week in the world of wrestling. So lads, what's gone on this week? I think we should start off with the new NXT UK signings. Last week we discussed that Cassius Ono was at the tapings and Noam Dar and Kaylee Ray. It's recently come out that there has been five official NXT UK signings that will be at the UK Performance Centre now. And who would those fantastic names be? So we've got Ilya Rukoba, most people know him as Ilya Dragunov. We've got Kaylee Ray, Jazzy Gabbert, who stole the show in the first ever May Young Classic. Everybody was asking, please sign Jazzy. We've got Oliver Sauter and the primate, JML Rose. So which one's JC Gabbert again? Jazzy Gabbert is... Everybody knows her as the alpha female. Um, she's <clears throat> German wrestler. She's been on the UK and Europe independent scene for many years now. She even made a stint in TNA um, when they used to do their European tours, I believe, siding with Chris Sabin when he was world champion. But yeah, Jazzy... So, the alpha female, she made her WWE debut in the inaugural May Young Classic, was absolutely fantastic as that imposing figure. She was then seen ringside with, Kay- with Kayleigh Ray at NXT UK TakeOver, and now it's been announced that she's finally got that contract after, well, was it the operations on her neck that she needed? Yeah. If you ask me, um, that's my favourite signing along with Dragunov. I think she's been... Um, well, like you said, she has had injuries, she has had surgeries and stuff, which put her out for a while. But I think she's one of the most talented of that bunch, and she definitely deserves this break. So, Hair and Dragunov, to me, are two very exciting signings. I mean, imagine, you know, you've got Kaylee Ray, you've got Alpha Female there. We've got to all be envisaging matches between that those two and the likes of Tony Storm, Ginny, Rhea Ripley. Oh. Uh, Alpha female and Rhea Ripley is a money match. Mm. That's going to be a hard-hitting match and definitely a, a future title program, perhaps. I know Rhea Ripley isn't the champion now, but I can see that's the way it's going to go down the line. Mm. Or like you said, a Tony Storm versus Alpha female feud. Very different styles, but I reckon they have good chemistry together. But who who's your favourite signing out of this bunch? Weirdly enough, it, well, I say weirdly enough, it's not weirdly enough at all. It is the primate because uh, he's done fantastic work while there. It was a bit of a surprise when we first saw him because I don't think he was on anybody's, you know, like top 10 British signings list for, uh, for NXT UK. But from the minute he arrived with that character, with his mannerisms and all the rest of it, he looked absolutely fantastic. And to put him with um, Wild Boar in the hunt... Absolutely brilliant idea. It brings characters without them being over the top to the party, and it's 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 going to be a, a good tag team division to watch. What will be interesting to see is at what point NXT UK goes from this every so often, specifically for TV tapings company, to being an actual touring company, very much like NXT does, Raw does, SmackDown does. I don't think Two or Five Live does, but you know, so you've got the main shows. But you'll have these um, the little house shows that go on all over. That's got to be coming soon. So you mean when NXT UK does the house shows, we might see NXT come to the bonus arena in Hull, perhaps, or 
Uh, something. Abs- absolutely. I mean, Where they do the smaller towns. Yeah. NXT Scarborough. Yeah, well, NXT yeah. Whitby. Yeah, NXT Skidby. <laughs> NXT Skidby would be amazing, but I get your point. How done? And- <laughs> Yeah, Bogner Bob, he's coming back. (laughs) Nearly said Bangkok Bob there, but that is something entirely different. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing the development of NXT UK because um, British wrestling fans are a bit cynical and there was an absolute fear that somehow this was going to ruin British wrestling. NXT UK was going to ruin British wrestling. In effect, it's gone from strength to strength. They're not taking off the top talent everywhere. They're taking a mix of the better talent. And that's an absolutely great thing to see because it means that other people can fill those gaps. And then WWE can go and take those offers as well. But apart from that, no, it it is a great thing and hopefully it'll drive up attendance all over the shop. Is there anybody that you're not really familiar with out of the five signings or...? Yes, there's one name I still am not familiar with, despite being possibly the most famous name in that bunch, and it's Ilya Dragunov. So, what I would like our Wrestle Thoughts podcast fans to do is tweet us with suggestions for must-see matches for any of those five signings, particularly Ilya Dragunov. Okay, Dave. Um, one of the other names that I mentioned was Oliver Salter. A lot of people may not know who he is is from switzerland he's been on the wwe radar for a couple of years now doing the um, trials at the performance center his independent name was oliver carter that's where he's wrestled across europe he's hard hitting fast moving he used to be um a, a soccer a soccer standout before making that transition inside the squared circle so that's somebody i'm interested to see what he's gonna bring because it's somebody i'm not familiar with and I think the recruitment so far within NXT UK has been fantastic. Like Dave said with um, the primate, Jay Melrose, everybody respected him on the UK scene, but nobody expected him to be going to NXT UK, especially because previously he'd retired because of the jaw injury, which mm-hmm. he had. And when was that the NXT um, tapings in Liverpool? Melrose came out, we were surprised. And it's the little things where... Is this prime? Is is the primate, and it's the way he just touches the touches the mat as he's like running into like mm. a gorilla running into the corner, and it's those little things like character can be brilliant behind the scenes on the mic in your entrance, but if it goes out the window between the two bells, then what's the point in it? And primate is probably one of the best in the UK at keeping in, in character from bell to bell. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what else happened this week? So, speaking of signings as well, we discussed AEW and their signings, and we mentioned that they were looking at the UK for some more signings. And we all assumed that B Priestley was going to be one of them. It had been confirmed on the latest Road to Double or Nothing YouTube series on Cody Rhodes' um, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. B Priestley has signed for AEW, but the interesting thing is she's not going to be at Double or Nothing. She's going to be at the next show in Jacksonville, which is Fight for the Fallen. Have um, B and Kurt and Brandy Rhodes crossed paths before? Because I'm sure there was mention of that in the video, that B had, had hit Brandy at some point. So I, so I imagine they may have crossed paths before. I believe there was a smaller show in the UK, mm. which they, were, uh, they both appeared on, um, and she attacked Brandy. 
I'm absolutely loving this that they're bringing in this type of thing to build story already because they could go in with completely new everything but they're choosing to they're picking and choosing what they want to bring to AEW and when they're going to do it so that's very exciting were there any other announcements for AEW no I believe that was just it for um the the newer signings it was um B Priestley signing also they've got another working relationship can't remember the company that it's called but it's about sensory so it's helping individuals that can't have the bright lights or be in the arena with the loud noises there's going to be like special rooms that they can stay in in the arena so they can witness it and they'll have all this equipment for sensory and i think that's absolutely fantastic and reaching out to a market that's not been touched i also saw a post on reddit explaining um exactly what it is and the type of people it helps and i didn't know anything about this beforehand but i was reading from this guy who has autism that this is the kind of thing that he um, he, he's used it before when he's been to entertainment events, see music or gigs or um, theatre or anything. It helps people even with autism um, and anything which, like you said, uh, people who can't have bright lights, uh, loud noises. And from the start, this is going to be part of AEW. And I think because they're going for the all-inclusive part of AEW, that's a fantastic move. I've never heard it mentioned before. And it'd be interesting to see if now AEW is doing this, it's something that WWE will follow suit with. Because you know WWE beans hates being left out when it comes to trying to be all inclusive. They've got to, they've got to be the the forefront with this. So do you reckon this is something WWE will try and do down the line? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've got to give um, WWE credit where it's due. It's because of their drive on concussion in sports entertainment that has led to us having a better understanding of concussion in sport. So it wouldn't surprise me if this if this is a catalyst for AEW, WWE to start attracting an audience that is actually quite passionate about wrestling. If you've been to any wrestling shows, there, you, there are a lot of fans there with a lot of issues um, that are not always catered for and it's not always the physical issues you know accessibility that type of thing and they are loud venues they are they do have flashing lights and they don't announce that a lot of the lights are going to flash it just happens so for any company to take um um to take a, a stance and say we are going to be inclusive is a massive step forward for the industry. From their first show as mm, well. Absolutely. Not something that they're going to integrate down the line. Mm. It's all inclusive from the very start. Everybody can enjoy an AEW event. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do it for TV as well when they have the TV deal. If this is something they'll do at every show or if it's something they'll just do for the bigger shows. Either way, great move by AEW mm. and... I'm really interested to see. Uh, AEW to me is exciting because they're doing things their own way from the very start. Like you said, Dave, they're picking and choosing what they want. And to me, so far so good. They haven't even had the fair show yet and they're already off to a great start. What what um on a slight aside, just going back to the TV thing, it amazes me that so much stock is being placed in a TV deal, especially when you consider that um, there have been a number of technological disruptors to television, Netflix, BBC iPlayer, other services like Netflix and BBC iPlayer, WWE Network. So it, it interests me that for such a forward-thinking company and for a relatively young fan base, 
we're still obsessed with the idea of um, the television deal. I mean, it, I imagine that if it was a different town, we'd be talking about AEW being on radio. But I mean, do, do well, you think that TV is important? I, I do for two reasons. Um, with TV, you always have the sponsorship, which goes with TV, which attracts more money. And if you can have a TV deal, it legitimizes that company. Like the reason I think Impact gets a hard time at the moment and a stigma attached to it is because they're they're, they're jumping from small TV network to small TV network, and then they come out and said, "Well, we'll be streaming on Twitch, so everybody can see it." And like people, the fans are like, "Well." You're only on Twitch, you can't be that big of a deal. Yeah. So when you have that big TV deal, it kind of cements you, it legitimizes your company as being a top dog. And also with the the sponsorships and the advertisements that come with it, you're attracting a lot of um, investors and sponsors who can pay you a lot of money. Mm. So I, I don't think it's the fact that you need to be on TV in 2019, but I think financially it's a great move. And with, with things like I said, like with Netflix, you, you might not get renewed for the next season. Mm. You, you have to sign on for a, I think it's a year to year basis most of the Netflix TV deals Netflix could drop you at the drop of a hat and they are very cagey about how much money people make from Netflix shows, it doesn't appear to be like um, HBO, we all know how much an episode of Game of Thrones costs we all know how much the stars make but with Netflix, we don't know how many people are watching we don't know how much the company's paid though we're told it's low and um, yeah, like you said, they can they can drop a series anytime they want. I think with TNA, the, the other thing with TNA is in the US, obviously we know that they moved from what was it, Pop to the Cowboy Network, Destination America, Destination America, which I assume is the Cowboy Network. Are they on Destination America still? I think they've moved again since, and I can't remember the name of the network, but it's it's one of those networks, like you said, it's nothing to do with their demographic. No. It's it's so far removed from what the wrestling fans are watching whereas in the uk i think we get it on is it spike yeah i think it's spike and, it's and the, the great thing about that is they apart from challenge to spike they haven't really moved this is where we discover it's not spike it's on primetime bbc one um <laughs> but they, they've not really moved so we're quite fortunate in that we haven't seen this you know like yo-yo effect we've just seen them on Actually, a, a, um, a channel that isn't like channel 999 on the EPG, but also isn't the top like 20. Well, I remember looking at the uh, the episode guide for that network before, mm. and um, what was on before Impact was something like uh, Fishing Masters, oh, or you know, yes, like yes. a fishing program. And I was like, well, hopefully you'd get something on beforehand, which is similar to what your show is. And so it would follow into the wrestling show and you'd keep the same viewers. People who are watching the Fishing Masters TV show aren't going to be watching Impact Wrestling. It, yeah, it's um, the channel in question is Pursuit Channel and I believe they are owned by the owners of Impact Wrestling. So I think that's the reason why they've gone there because they're not having to essentially pay to be on TV, which sometimes companies are doing it. They're paying to be on TV, which isn't good for business at all. This way, I think it's more content for the owners to get onto Pursuit, but they're also doing Twitch, which I believe their latest episode got the highest views on Twitch that they've had so far, which obviously is fantastic to hear, and was in, I believe, the top 10 on Twitch that night, and they've surpassed 3 million views in total since being on Twitch. So 
again, online streaming services are showing that TV is not the be-all, end-all, but if AW do secure a big enough TV channel, then it's fantastic. The the only problem to me with um, streaming versus TV is 3 million viewers on Twitch doesn't equate to the same as 3 million viewers on TV. Um, if you're getting 3 million viewers for a, a Twitch channel, that could be over the space of three months. Ah, now this is the weird thing about um, TV ratings. In the UK, we have a ratings organisation called BARB. Um, it stands for something. I forget what it is. And BARB ratings are very much like the Nielsen ratings in the US in that for terrestrial television channels, they have 5,100 households and each household is the equivalent of, um, each person in the household is the equivalent of, I think it's a thousand viewers, something like that. So when they say that 16 million people tuned in to watch this episode of EastEnders, they didn't. It's um, it's calculated up from the 5,100 households. The difference between that and online views is online views is accurate. I, the BBC can tell you exactly the number of people that genuinely watched an episode of EastEnders on iPlayer because analytics tells them that. It doesn't work the same for, um, for terrestrial television. With the Nielsen system as well, some households, because they don't have internet access, fill in a diary. I'm more likely to say if you ask me to fill in a diary because in my case it's true that I watched the BBC proms as opposed to the latest episode of The Only Way is Essex. And I imagine that would be the same for some people who are filling in the diary. They don't want to say they watched RuPaul's Drag Race. They want to say that they watched, I don't know, the presidential address to the United Nations. I agree with that, Dave, definitely. Um... To that sense, if if you do have three million people apparently watching on TV, like you said, it might the numbers are inflated slightly. There could be more or less. But the only problem with Twitch viewers as well is each view could be it could be more than one person viewing it twice. So you could have roughly one and a half million people actually watching unique viewers, but it could still be two and a half million, three million people who have viewed it multiple times. Uh, you might have viewed it on more than one device. It could be a numerous, uh, numerous things as well, which inflate the numbers. But I think to Kurt's point, three million viewers, regardless, is amazing for Impact. It's it, hopefully they'll get back to where they were before in the in the coming years. But they're they're at least pivoting their ideas, not just going with the the old TV um, way of thinking. You know, it's, it wasn't working for them. And it, I don't think it is still working for them. I don't think until they get back on a good wrestling network, it's going to pay off. But at least they're trying something new. It's true. I mean, and in, in fairness, no matter how they calculate um, viewers and how many people watch, views is a number and a number is something you can you can put into a report uh, it's the same thing with um film we all know that you know like the well some people know that the transformers films bumblebee aside aren't particularly good films but when they're making like billions at the box office you can put a billion pounds into the bank you can't put a rotten tomatoes rating into the bank yeah. 
as Scott Steiner once said, the numbers don't lie. Oh yes, yes. We should do that. Um, we should do a maths promo at some point. I feel this should be a more educational podcast. Um, to be honest, mate, I, this is I've learned more in this podcast than I have in any of the previous episodes just from you talking about the barb ratings. I didn't know about that, so oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But to take it away from television once again, apart from the thing, the, the fact that the next thing we're going to talk about is probably on television. What else have we got coming up? So I just want to do uh, a shout out to Nathan Cruz. So Nathan Cruz is making his return to America. He's going to be returning to PWX for PWX Pure 11, where he'll be facing John Schuyler for the PWI Ultra J Championship on March 9th at, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I think Nathan's somebody that doesn't get the credit he deserves for what he's done for British wrestling. And seeing him going back to America to do some work for their independent shows is fantastic. I'd just like to give a shout out to his new t-shirt as well, which we've all got. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out on Nathan Cruz's Twitter. We did actually do a giveaway for the Nathan Cruz t-shirt. If you have a look on our Twitter, you'll probably find it as well. Um, so one lucky winner got a copy of that t-shirt. But yeah, check out Nathan Cruz if you haven't heard of him before. I'm sure you have. But yeah, thank you, Kat. And uh, another British wrestler, wrestler flying the flag for the UK, really is Joel Redman. He's just announced that he's going to be going to Japan for All Japan Pro Wrestling between April April 2nd to 28th and will be taking part in the Champions Carnival. So congratulations on Joel Redman. All the best on your trip to Japan. Weirdly enough, I saw Joel Redman yesterday. I didn't just drop into his house or anything. He was at the Hull City Hall show for, um, for um, All Star Wrestling absolutely brilliant match with James Mason and that's another guy you should all be looking out for as well but just just fantastic from beginning to end also the last appearance on um, apparently of Elder Guy on the independent scene so congratulations to him and everything that he's doing at the moment did you see this week's NXT UK where they had him talking absolutely brilliant genuinely brilliant considering that for what 10, 10 plus years we didn't hear a peep from the lad turns out speaks English no. He does. No, he doesn't. English. No, he doesn't. Speaks English, northern accent, but no, seriously, though. A Leeds accent? Leodensian. Leodensian accent. Look, I, I, I bet you thought now John McGuinness was sitting here with that delivery, but no, uh, absolutely. And the, the great thing about it is it was such a great segment with him building up to his feud with, um, with Joseph Connors, who wants to break all the nice toys. Hmm? Yeah, so should we go go for a break and we could be back shortly? Yeah, we'll uh, be back after a quick message from our sponsor. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Welcome back to the Wrestle Thoughts podcast. We've gone from TNA to Q&A with our questions and answers round brought to you by our favourite friends at the, well, the WT Pod UK Twitter. Right then, guys. So 
I'll clarify for the listeners. This is the first time that Dave and Callum will be hearing the questions from you guys. So we're going to get an authentic reply. The first one, what we've got here is from Wrestling Newspaper Podcast on Twitter. They say, who is the greatest wrestler to come out of Humberside? And funnily enough, I'm going to answer this one and see if you guys agree. We mentioned him before the break, Nathan Cruz. He's arguably one of the best to come out of Yorkshire. Definitely the best wrestler to come out of the Humber side. What do you think? Uh, for me, definitely Nathan Cruz. You won't get any argument from me. Uh, Nathan, since I've known him, has been focused on being the best wrestler in the UK. To me, he is one of the best in the UK, not just Humberside. Um, yeah, Nathan Cruz, maybe even an honourable mention to Matt Myers. Well, I was hoping that tweet was going to be the start of a Twitter feud between ourselves and that podcast, but they've asked a good question. Um, the 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 Humberside region, if we're calling it that, I would actually go with Matt Myers. Oh, I have to tell you why. Uh, because I like that. No, it's not because I like the lad. He's actually really underrated. He doesn't get the exposure that he deserves. And while Nathan has had the consistently more success, he's also had more eyes on him, which has driven that success. When you look at um, Meyer's work, he can fit in with absolutely anybody. He did fantastic work um, in the early days of Tidal against the likes of um, Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews, getting them to improve their um, their calling of matches in the ring, as an example. Fantastic work. If you get a chance, go look for that. Uh, he's recently been uh, seen in a number of comedy roles uh, as Chuck Wood. Um, Britain's... Um, sorry, the Chuck Wood and Matt Myers are not the same person. Oh, are they? Are they no, are two they completely not? separate wrestlers. Oh, right, they look oh, alike. But... I'm going to have to change my answer then. Um, is Chuck Wood like... In the WWE, because there's a guy that looks a bit like Chuck Wood in WWE. That's Sami Zayn. Oh, is that? Who looks like Matt Myers, nothing oh, like Chuck right. Wood. Oh dear, it's very, very complicated. This, but now I do suggest that if you get a chance, um, on YouTube's, look for Matt Myers wrestling or just any of the NGW matches with him in it, because absolutely fantastic work from that guy. The other thing about Myers is he makes everything look effortless mm. he doesn't Myers doesn't have to try to make things look good he is just that good yeah yeah to elaborate on Myers as well NGW when they're at Hull City Hall they're in front of over a thousand people and Matt Myers his face work is incredible he's got some of the best reactions I've probably witnessed in wrestling anywhere I've been because of his the, his ability to connect to the crowd I'll never forget when Myers won the title at um, East Mount Recreation Centre uh, when he beat Nathan Cruz. The fans, the, the kids and the, their mothers were all crying. Like, they were surrounding the ring. Everyone was in tears. They were running into the ring, raising him up. And it was one of the best moments I've seen in British wrestling. It, he's one of the most over baby faces. He just connects to everyone effortlessly. Yeah, I agree. And like Dave said, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. What I am going to do is post below on this question from Wrestling Newspaper Podcast of matches between Matt Myers and Nathan Cruz, two best friends, 10 bitter rivals and NGW for the title. Their matches over the years have been the reason why NGW are travelling around the UK as frequently as they are and the reason why on their television broadcast they're getting over a 1,000 people in attendance. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, thank you for the question, Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Nathan Cruz and Matt Myers, they're the two best that have come from Humberside and we will post some matches of them. 
So going on to the next question, we've got from Matt Granbury, which is illustrious G40 on Twitter. Who would you like to see jump to WWE? Hmm. So, Callum, we'll go with you first. Who would you like to see signed for WWE? Is this from anyone in the world? Like, any any unsigned yes, talent? why not? Uh, who would I like to see go to WWE? I'll go with this might um, rustle some feathers, but I would like to still see Kenny Omega go to WWE eventually, just to see what he would actually be used like and to silence all the critics who would say he'd be wasted. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. I believe something that's been lacked in wrestling is star power. I think we'll get into it a little bit later with Roman Reigns. We discussed it last time where Raw seemed to be lacking that star power and Reigns' presence has brought that. I think the way Kenny Omega conducts himself, presents himself, it is as a megastar and that's what he is. So, yeah, I'd go with Kenny Omega just because of his versatility and the body of work that he'd be able to do in WWE, he could be an ex-franchise guy that they put all their stock into if he went there. But obviously, the sound of AW, which is absolutely massive for them. Dave, who would you? I would love to see Will Ospreay in WWE, particularly in NXT or NXT UK, but specifically for Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. Now, in my in my dream, it would be an NXT takeover. You know, remember when they brought in um, Jushin Thunder Liger for that one-off? It would be something like that, but I would love to see it built into an actual programme where he had a purpose. And I have no doubt at some point in the future, Ospreay will end up in WWE and he will pick his moment, very much like Finn Balor did, of when he moves there. But I'm hoping it happens soon, just so that I don't forget all about it. Yeah, okay, brilliant. So moving on, we've got um, Sai Stew, which is at Capital Clamface on Twitter. Favourite character repackagings, for example, Paul Birchall to Para Paul Birchall. I think man has to be, what, Husky Harris turning into Bray Wyatt. Uh, I'll let Dave answer first because I know there is one. I just need a moment to think. Oh, um, the Blue Blood, Triple H, turning into the game. Hmm. That, that yeah, massive transformation, but paid off. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because <laughs> that character wasn't going anywhere. That character was going to be stuck with who was it, Hogwin T Piggy or whatever his name was in pig pen matches. And at some point, they decided no, you know that is a silly character. Being this posh toff from Connecticut doesn't work. I'm assuming he was from Connecticut. Everybody seems to be from there if they're posh. Um. And he evolved into the character that we know now. But even better than that, he went from being the game, which he still is, to being this authority figure that, depending on what program you're watching, you either love or hate. In NXT, it comes out with the, um, the, all right, lads, are you ready? And the fans, yeah, yeah, we're all ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got two words for you, aren't I? We are NXT, that type of thing. It's very complicated, very complicated. You probably thought, once again, Triple H was in the room. That was just me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. But stick him on Raw, 
or SmackDown, and the second his music plays, it's like, boo, boo. The thing that blew me away recently was, and Stephanie was involved in this as well, but it was like, um, oh, Becky, you, you've, you've, you've injured yourself. You're going to be sidelined because of your injury because we don't want your injury to get worse. The fans, boo, stop protecting your workers. We want them wrestling injured. But that's the, the power that he's got as a character. Fans love him, fans hate him, yet fans talk about him. I, I like to think of Triple H in WWE the same way I see DC characters on F1 and F2. They're the same person, but slightly different. Like, Triple H in NXT is completely different to Triple H on Raw. Absolutely. And you can even look at it like NXT Triple H isn't canon to the main WWE stories. <laughs> That's how I separate it, because yeah. in my, it, how else can you explain his um, split personalities? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But no, it has to be Triple H for me. For me, it would be APA um, Bradshaw to JBL. <laughs> that was an incredible change. Over the space of a week as well. It, the week before he became JBL, I remember this very clearly. He got pinned by Rikishi in a tag team match. And I was like, there we go. It's just you know another jobber. Next week, comes out with JBL, announced as number one contender to John uh, was it John? No, on John Cena. Was it? it was Eddie Guerrero? It was John Cena who took it off him. And the transformation over a space of a week, I was like, I love this guy. He's my favorite wrestler. And over the next year, he was my favorite wrestler. Everyone hated JBL, and I think he was just one of the best characters they had at the time. He picked up the slack for a Lesnar who had left the company and became the foil for so many um, baby faces as well. So yeah, definitely J uh, John Bradshaw Layfield. Just a quick, um, a quick one. Kofi Kingston going from the Jamaican to the not from Jamaica at all in the space of one week, and it was a Triple H. I want to say Shawn Michaels thing where they just said you're a Jamaican, and it was at that stage they just completely dropped it. They called him out. They said, "Hey, where's your accent gone?" And he's like, "Oh no, that was just something I did to respect my heritage." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like you kept up a fake accent for the last three years, you sociopath. Like, why would you do that? Sheer brilliance. It was like it with the Usos and New Day rap battle when the Usos was like, "Hey, Kofi Kingston, weren't you Jamaican?" <laughs> No, you're just faking. <laughs> yeah, it's just brilliant. I love stuff like that. Brilliant question, though. Brilliant question. Okay, so coming from the Broadcast Podcast, favourite WCW television champion and WCW tag team champions? I well, think Once again, no feud with another podcast. What's happening with these other podcasts? Are they afraid of us? That's the impression I'm getting. Bro, <laughs> calm down. See what I did there? Good question, Broadcast. I think for my television champion, probably Arn Anderson. I think he was one of the most reigned. I know Booker T held the title the most, but with Arn Anderson, he well, he was the one that created it into the WCW Television Championship rather than the NWA when he won it in was it nineteen ninety one? I believe that change happened. What, what about you guys? Who who is your favorite? Um, my favorite TV champion, I would also agree, Arn Anderson. Uh, for the exact same reasons. Um, favourite tag team champions would be Harlem Heat. I thought Harlem Heat one of my favourite tag teams of all time. I was only watching some old WCW recently, and I don't know, the, the same with the Steiner brothers. You don't realise how good they were until you look back. They were ahead of the time. Uh, so, yeah, for me, the Harlem Heat. 
I didn't watch any WCW TV. Well, no, that's a lie. I watched random episodes of Nitro, but specifically for the Glacier um, debut, just because I couldn't believe it would be as bad as it was. Um, so are you saying your your WCW knowledge starts and ends with Glacier? Pretty much. And also the uh, final episode of um, Nitro with the where Vince turned up. I've watched pay-per-views. But I'll be honest with you, for a lot of them, I don't know what's happening. So, yes, I, I have no answer you, to that question. Can you just say a random tag team, even if they were WCW tag team, CW tag team oh, champions? Three count. Three count were your favourite WCW tag team champions. Was the, 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 when three count, Hurricane Helm, Shannon Moore and... Let him have this one. It, uh, and it just named... Oh, oh, Evan Courageous. Now, here's something. Until watching WCW um, pay-per-views on the network, I'd never heard Evan Courageous's name spoken. You thought it was Courageous. I thought... <laughs> I thought, very much like believing, because when I first read Harry Potter, I had never seen the name Hermione. You thought it was Hermi- Hermione. Hermione. Hermione Granger. Uh, I thought that it was Evan Carrageous. And I may have also always had it with an accent in my mind, like Evan Carrageous. <laughs> So imagine my surprise when I see Three Count on uh, WCW pay-per-view on the WWE Network, which is only $9.99 a month, first month for free. Uh, He gets his name pronounced like that. But no, I was a huge um, Shane Helms fan, especially as the Hurricane in WWF. And also, I didn't mind Shannon Moore. Didn't particularly like his TNA run, but that's a different, different story. Um, yeah, so I can't answer that question, but you two guys, yeah, great yeah, stuff. It's three count, that's your answer. Three count. Yeah, so my tag team, I think it would have to be Harlem Heat or potentially the Steiner Brothers. It's it's hard because you've got the Horsemen as well, so mm-hmm. I think them three were the cornerstones throughout the, throughout the tag team division. It was always one of those throughout the 10, 20 years then one of them might go away for a little bit and then come back in. Obviously, you had Scott Hall, Kevin Nash holding a lot of it, but I think Booker T and Stevie Ray as Hallam Heat did it justice. Any more questions, Kurt? So we've got a couple more questions, which this will bring us into our next topic of returning superstars to WWE. Okay, so as we all know, Roman Reigns got diagnosed with leukaemia. He's been battling it the majority of his life and it came back. Good news, he's now in remission, which is fantastic. So, one of the returns, everybody's put, who's going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? And that was from RJ Styles, not AJ, RJ Styles. And we've also got from Burn It Down, which is Rollins with four L's in the Twitter handle. Rollins. Yep. The best way to write Roman Reigns back into the storyline. And then we've also got from... The good bad guy Super at Super the Second. Did any wrestler seem like they could fill that Roman Reigns role whilst he was gone? So brilliant question. Yeah. Would you like to go first, Kat? So I think I discussed it before with Roman Reigns with the star power. So answering the last question first, could anybody fill his void? I think it was quite clear nobody could. I think there was nobody with that star power presence where it was a larger-than-life character. 
So I think that was that was key for its missing. Regarding WrestleMania, if he was to wrestle, I, I honestly don't know where where they'll go with Reigns. I'm hoping it's not going to be Reigns and Corbin because, to be fair, Corbin gets heat. People would enjoy that, but I'm not sure what I'd where I'd book him in WrestleMania, to be honest. But what what's your thoughts? How how would you rate him in? For me, no, nobody could replace Roman Reigns at this moment in time. Maybe given a few years to build somebody else, no. But they've been doing the Roman Reigns projects, and I don't think that's bad. We've discussed it before. We're all big Roman Reigns fans. But right now, no. Nobody could have replaced Roman Reigns. For me, I did hear that the rumoured WrestleMania match was Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Whether or not that's true, that's the, the direction they wanted to go in. And for me, that's still the feud they should go with. There's unfinished business there. Roman and Dean have had a little bit of beef recently. And if you have to remember, Dean burned the shield gear. And this was after he announced that he was leaving to battle leukemia. So they could very quickly pick up that feud and use that for WrestleMania. But it depends on Ambrose's uh, situation with the company. Is he staying? Is he leaving? If he stays, do the Roman feud. If he's leaving, you might as well let them leave on a good note, have the shield, uh, united so that when he does return in the future they can pick up the shield or have Dean return to attack one of them or something like that alternatively when I said I'm not too sure and passed it over to you I was actually like well Dean's not doing anything maybe it'd be better than Dean versus Nia Jax so I'd go with yeah I'd go with Roman and Dean but even if Dean's leaving the company I'd still have that feud because it's it's very clear if it's not a work that he's leaving that WWE are trying to keep it on the best terms as possible and want him to come back when he feels ready. So if he went away for a couple of years, whether it's win or loss, it still gives that void where he comes back. Is he going to come back for revenge? Or is he going to come back, it's taken a couple of years to realise what he's done wrong and a couple of years down the line you have Dean Ambrose saving Roman Reigns, you've got the shield back that way. So I think... I'd definitely, whether Ambrose is staying or going, I'd definitely run with that. Yeah. Awesome. I think that there was um, a gap when uh, Roman Reigns left, despite the fact that the fans um, roundly booed him, roundly booed a man who had survived cancer, only to have it come back. Uh, there was um, nobody to replace him. But the weird thing is, WWE are always doing this. They have a top tier and have to scramble for a replacement when something happens to that top tier. It'd be understandable if they were a you know like a, a um, you know like a soap or something like that, and one of their major stars leave because they can just you know alter the storyline. With this, they 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 seem really surprised when something happens, when an injury happens. They've got nobody to put into that position. It takes them weeks to find somebody. They throw everything at the wall, hoping something something sticks. With Roman, it wasn't expected, but there was nobody there to step up. And this is a company that should be building people. As for WrestleMania, it has to be Dean. And they can either do it as a follow-up to, you know, like in Burning the Shield gear, or they can do it as, not in the same way, but um, the Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match, where it was, you know, like this emotional battle between two supreme performers and I think that's what 
something like WrestleMania needs. It needs an emotional emotional point when you think of all of the past wrestlemania moments it's either big moments or moments that made you think oh my god oh oh and for some of you not me probably you shed a tear <laughs> so i'm just picturing dave watching Shawn michaels rick flair just blubbering, blubbering I, no no that would have been other people that would have been definitely other other people stay down Stay down. Once again, that wasn't Shawn Michaels in the room. It was me. <laughs> I am the Jim Ross of this podcast for impersonations. Uh, yeah, so on that note, I think we all agree that nobody could fill the void of Roman Reigns. And if we were to have him wrestling at WrestleMania, I think the only thing that we're all going to be fully interested in is a match with Dean Ambrose. Can I, can I just interject with... Um, as we all know... There's a, a film out at the moment called um, Wrestling with the Family, which is a film based on the life of Paige. This is uh, a review from the Evening Standard. Let me find the reviewer. Charlotte O'Sullivan is the reviewer. Uh, she probably has a Twitter account. I suggest you go out and find it because Charlotte O'Sullivan has said, let me find the quote. Uh, is that what she said? No, she said... Though Loudon's performance is gorgeous, Loudon plays um, the brother, um, Pew is the film's main weapon. Hauntingly intense in The Falling and Lady Macbeth, the 23-year-old turns out to be an effortlessly nuanced comedian. Fantastic stuff so far. With chunky thighs. Her character is based on real-world WWE champion Paige, whose legs are significantly slimmer. How cool. So many actresses offer an idealised version of real women. Pew is changing the ideal. Why? Right. You guys have seen a lot of wrestling. You guys have seen a lot of women's wrestling. You lot have seen a lot of the night women wrestling. How many times have you thought about what the thighs look like? Not once. This is the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's shocking that that type of review is allowed to happen. I, that somebody thought that, that, that talking about, about her thighs and comparing them to Paige's actual thighs was in some way critical, critical mass. What annoyed me about this is I saw this article earlier and I took out the parts which were unnecessary. So what got me was it just says with chunky thighs like oh yeah. no i just yeah it's it, it's a sentence it, it's a sentence fragment yeah. word would underline that for it could you. be the 23 year old turns out to be an effortlessly nuanced comedian her character is based on real life world wwe champion pitch yes right you didn't need the with chunky thighs bit in the no, middle what did that add to no, it it doesn't it doesn't tell me anything about about um her as a performer it actually has no bearing on her as a performer at all. Nobody is talking about um, Olivia Coleman and saying, oh, she's got a few wrinkles. They're talking about how fantastic she is as a performer because despite what the female reviewer thinks, we're not all obsessed with how people look. Now, I want to wonder if she was reading a man saying the exact same quote that, oh, no, her thighs are a bit too big to be pages, it would... it's No, no it's, it is wrong. It's in no way should be body shaming at the end of the day. It's her acting ability. Whenever I've watched the trailers, I'm like, that is Paige. 
especially if you've seen the documentaries or seen work of Paige before she went to WWE or even seen on Total Divas where it's out of character and it's her bubbly self, it is like watching Paige. So it shouldn't matter if the thighs are too big or if she's a little bit taller or a little bit shorter. It's the acting that matters. What annoyed me about it was she tried to do it in like a jovial sense, like, oh, I'm just saying, yeah, she's got she's got chunky thighs, but she doesn't let it bother her. Well, no, why would it? She's she the actress has stated before she's refused to slim down for various roles because she doesn't need to. If you want me to play this character, you're getting me to play this character, I'm not going to slim down for that role. And that's the end end of discussion. You don't need to mention oh yeah, she has chunky thighs. Oh, she she has chunky thighs, but she she's a good actress. Despite her chunky thighs, she's a good actress. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think we've given this person a little bit too much attention here. So you're an idiot. Let's move on. So Roman Reigns return obviously was emotional. His reaction with his family at ringside, the reaction from the crowd was absolutely amazing. And even when he went on his Superman, uh, super munch, <laughs> <laughs> Superman punch frenzy, it, it was great. It was great to see. It was great to see him do what he does best. And yeah, that wasn't the only return. Obviously, closing the show, Ric Flair didn't make it to his party. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, can I? I'll start with the Roman Reigns return. Um, like you said, very emotional. But I also thought at the time, this is the first time everybody in the crowd has done the and loaded up the uh, the super, the super, I can't say it now either the Superman punch. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, the the su- super munch. The super munch punch, um, <laughs> and everybody loaded up the fist with him. Um, did all of his taunts. Everybody in the crowd was visibly happy, emotional, and. Yeah, everyone was happy to see him back because I think they've realised, like we said earlier, there was the void. People didn't want Roman Reigns and then he leaves and like, oh no, but now we want Roman Reigns. And I hope it sticks, but I hope it's not just because they feel bad for the guy. I hope it's because they've realised how talented he is. Uh, I think so. I mean, um, unless there was some um, wizardry with the audio, um I don't think there was a single person in that crowd who was vocally against Roman Reigns. It's been different on social media, as we all know. There's a whole world of um, wrestling fans who happen to be cancer specialists out there, um, amazingly. Uh, But just listening to the reaction and listening to his speech as well, that was a heartfelt, very much like when he announced he had leukemia again. It was a heartfelt delivery. It wasn't scripted. He knew what he was going to say and he delivered it with pure emotion. When he left, he refers to himself as this isn't Roman, this is Joe. And I think that's something that some of the fans may have got confused with. They may dislike Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns isn't actually a real person. No. Is a character. Mm, Rome, absolutely. In the same way, all of them are characters. Yeah. It, like, it might be that the, the volume's turned up to mm. 11. That's the way a lot of people explain it. But it's still not a reflection of that person. Yeah. And Joe had leukemia. Mm. And he has been fighting leukemia. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, like I said, it was very emotional all around. Uh, but I'm just happy to see him back. And I'm really interested to see what the reaction is to him going forward. I like the other thing is I don't 
want people to just be fans of Reigns because of mm. his battle. I want them to realize how much he adds to the show. Yeah. It's okay to sympathize with him and say, yeah, he's been through a lot. But the reason you should be a fan of Roman Reigns is because of what he does in the ring. Absolutely, absolutely. It would be a shame for any fan out there to be thinking, yeah, I just like Roman uh, because... It's not because you, you, you just need to look at his body of work, which has progressively got better moving from, you know, like the, the beginnings in NXT through to where he was. Now, you can see why WWE has such stock in him because he looks like a superstar. And now it's just that we need to get behind him. Well, to me, Jason Momoa is a budget Roman Reigns. That, that's how much stock i put in roman reigns jason momoa looks yeah. like a budget version yeah. of him well, he looks like money i think we found the person to play him in the uh the life story of the big dog yeah. <laughs> jason momoa jason momoa yeah let's go for it um i think we should do the shout out as well to the leukemia care uk oh. twitter page they addressed it for people getting so hellbent saying he doesn't have cancer that's not what cancer looks like it's absolutely disrespectful to um, Roman and everybody else that's suffered with cancer if you're not a specialist you should not be commenting on it and I think Leukemia Care did a fantastic job addressing that and I think that's all we need to say about the idiots on Twitter, there's no place for it, welcome back Roman Reigns and well done Leukemia Care for setting everybody straight Absolutely Kat, um, would you like to tell us what you thought about the return of the animal Batista to crash Ric Flair's 70th birthday. And I'll just preface this with last week we spoke about what if Becky Lynch crashed his party to get at Charlotte. It wasn't Becky Lynch who crashed it, it was Batista. Do you think this was better than the potential Becky crashing it? Hmm, good question. I think Becky crashing it would have been epic, especially if a way to piss off Vince, Triple H and Stephanie. However, I think what's been done up until that point with Becky going on rampages made it so that wasn't needed. They've gone down. It was like Austin where she's getting arrested. She's getting taken off being arrested. And I thought that was a really good way to get Becky over without having to do that spot. And with that, it's made Batista's return. Oh, he's back. He wants a match. No, they've put some story behind it of... Look, he paying attention now. Like you've never been able to beat me. Let's do it. And again, Batista is star power in Hollywood and in wrestling. He is is a movie star, is a superstar. And I think Batista. I hope it's not just for a WrestleMania run. I hope he does a part time where he'll come, he'll then go away, do some movies, come back. I think that's needed. I would like in the future maybe a Roman Reigns and Batista um, feud. I think that'd be fantastic with Batista going as a heel and Reigns going as a face. I think it's what they'd have wanted a couple of years ago. I couldn't agree more. Batista and Roman Reigns has been one of my um, dream big man matches for a long time. Uh, would you not agree, Dave? Well, I mean, I'm hoping for one match and one match only out of this. At WrestleMania, I want to see... Ric Flair versus Batista. <laughs> Can you explain why you'd like to see that? 
Well, Ric Flair needs revenge, doesn't he? He got attacked. Did you not see? He got dragged, dragged down a corridor. Now, if you drag me down a corridor now, I'm not going to be like, oh, jolly jips. Oh, you lads. Oh, you're so funny. I'm going to be like, woo. I'm going to whoop you around the woo ring. That's Ric Flair. And lay some elbow drops and knee drops on your cardigan. On my my cardigan with my nice Pierre Cardine cardigan. French accent there for you all. Uh, yeah, that's what I would be. That that's what I would be hoping for. And if they deliver anything but Batista versus uh, versus a seventy-year-old Ric Flair, Mania, I'm probably going to cancel my WWE subscription until the next major pay-per-view. That will show them until the next day. Until the next day, yeah, because I want to catch up on stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it'll be fantastic, Batista and Triple H at WrestleMania. When they teased it on SmackDown, I really liked the thought of it. And the way they've brought Batista back, like I said, it's not, yeah, let's let's do this. Batista's come back with a purpose and with some intensity, with the, <clears throat> which he did. I did love the, um, do I have your attention now thing. I thought the now, do I have your attention now thing was absolutely fantastic. I thought that was a great way of bringing him back. Again, couldn't agree more. Just happy to see Batista back. He's been campaigning to come back for a long time, willing to just do house shows, uh, the odd match here and there, even if it's just put somebody over. But yeah, I'm just happy to see Batista back, and at least it's in a WrestleMania feud because Triple H has to get his win back, doesn't he? Well, you know, that's true, yes. yeah. Yeah, he, he lost that feud with him, what, 15 years ago? He needs that win back. Yeah, we all remember that. The blue chip Triple H <laughs> needs his win. Okay, so obviously there was a third return as well. Kevin Owens. What's your thoughts on Kevin Owens' return? Replacing Kofi Kingston in the fast lane pay-per-view? I... I, I like Kevin Owens because he scares me. Uh, and actually, no, it genuinely is because he's absolutely amazing talent. Just the stuff that he was doing with Sami Zayn, you know, previously were absolutely fantastic. You couldn't fault him. He was consistently entertaining. And that's what you want from a sports entertainer. The thing that I don't like is the replacing. I mean, we, we, it's, it's the second major story from WWE where it's like, we've replaced someone. This is what terrifies me about this storyline because you had the Charlotte replacement, Mm. you've got the Kevin Owens replacement. Is Rollins going to get replaced? And please, for the love of God, Vince, if you do, don't replace him with Roman Reigns because you will negate anything that's happened previously. Absolutely. Yeah, I I hope they're not going to do this. Everybody who's a contender has been replaced. Mm. Just don't do it. But, but with this, I'll just say I'm happy Kevin Owens is replaced Kofi Kingston because it gives Kofi Kingston even more of an underdog feel to his character. He was already the underdog. Now he's been taken out and replaced. He's got to fight again to get back into the match. And I think it's going to lead to Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, which will be whoever wins that, I'll be happy absolutely it is an interesting um story that they're delivering it's just a shame that they delivered the replacement so soon after another major 
you know, like replacement story. And it, there's only so much you can do with that before it's like, oh, well, this is just history repeating itself. I mean, what, what will you do next? Will it be Kevin Owens? You were going to be facing Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan's been replaced. <laughs> and then they bring in, I don't know, Leo Rush. You know, it's like nothing against Leo Rush, but, you know. Um, but it, it's like, come up with something else. Come up with... Oh, you failed a medical that you didn't. Oh, we've just realised that you. Because uh, was it Chris Jericho used to do the thing where any match that somebody else won, you um you didn't really win it because the rule book said that you couldn't win the match on the third Thursday of the month. Yeah, yeah that type of thing works for me. Well, probably just for me though. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're gonna get the payoff. I'd love to see the payoff of Kofi Kingston winning at WrestleMania. That would be incredible. I know what he did in his personal life aside, but with Chris Benoit and with Eddie Guerrero retaining, I think that sort of feel-good moment would happen again with Kofi winning winning the title at WrestleMania. Absolutely. So, let's talk about it. Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Twitter has been going crazy. Is she breaking kayfabe? Is things being greenlit? Callum, take it away. I had quite a lot of thoughts on this during the week. Uh, it was you who pointed out to me about the tweets that had been happening. Um, so I had a look at the thread and I didn't mind so much what Becky posted because Becky always seems a bit tongue-in-cheek, like she's keeping the reality of what's happening but crossing it with a bit of kayfabe. It was Rousey who outright broke the kayfabe and a lot of fans have replied saying oh there's no such thing as kayfabe in 2019 there is it's just an updated version of kayfabe and rousey outright said uh well your arm bars a load of shit and it's fake and then if you remember only a couple of months ago rousey was in that armbar practically crying backstage because apparently it hurt so much so it's either that you're just calling out the whole of wrestling is fake or it actually hurt and you look like a bit of a an idiot for saying it doesn't hurt when there's video evidence that it does. Which one is it, Ronda Rousey? So I, I don't agree with how Rousey approached this, but a lot of fans are enjoying it. And I, I do like it. I do like the reality that they're adding to it, but I just don't appreciate it at the same time saying, oh, wrestling's fake and scripted. I've never liked that kind of reality. You can mix the two together without having to call out the whole sport as being fake. I think that um, for for many fans of a certain age, so we're not talking the children here, we all know what wrestling is. Um, and even um, WWE doesn't call it wrestling. They don't call themselves wrestlers. Uh, they call themselves, what is it? Superstars, is it still? Sports, sports entertainers. Entertainers, not even superstars. Are you anymore. not sports entertained? Oh, I'm always sports entertained, me. If, the, if there's one thing I know, it's... Me and sports, go team sports, is a thing. Um, now, the, the, the thing with this is that I don't know if somebody's feeding them what uh, an outline of what to say, because it would surprise me if they had complete autonomy in what they say. Because there's the line of, you know, like... <laughs> 
there's the line of the story and the reality, the art and the artist. And it's a really, really fine line, especially when you consider how quickly everybody jumps on tweets. You know, like just the just the wrong word is enough to completely bury somebody on Twitter. Um, I don't like the idea of calling armbars fake. I was speaking to somebody about this a while ago and I'd said that what baffles me is um, when you occasionally see in a wrestling match somebody put in a submission and the other guy doesn't try to fight out of it, he taps straight away. And this person who did do a bit of MMA said, well, no, that's what happens. You want to minimise damage. So whilst it would be nice and noble to think in a in like almost like a filmic way where you know like apparently you can punch somebody in the face a dozen times and barely barely cause a scratch in reality you would curl up and die and his basic point was true yeah if somebody did put me in an arm bar i'm not going to try to fight out of it i'm going to tap and hope that the referee does the referee's job assuming there's a referee there i don't like this argument of uh well your arm bar is more fake than mine because it it's not ufc and we would never consider it to be UFC. It's nicely using UFC wrestlers, or UFC fighters, but it's still not UFC. I watched a Shayna Baszler match this week, and there was a there was a moment where I think I can't remember what happened, but I remember thinking, "My God, she's brilliant!" Because something happened where you think in MMA that would be nothing, but she acted as anybody else would. If, I don't know, somebody stomped on the hand. They didn't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that was nice. She acted as if a hand had been broken. And you see it when Pete Dunne does the finger clicky thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that doesn't hurt. But if he did it properly, it probably would. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, I did like what they did in the ring where um, she dropped the belt and she said, what was it about the... He likes to make the... Uh, the big decisions, we'll make sure he makes the right one. I loved that. But this Twitter thing, I think they're putting too much faith in Twitter as a platform. I don't think everybody who watches WWE weekly programmes is necessarily all over Twitter. Twitter's just made up of podcasters yeah. in wrestling community. Uh, yeah, wrestling fans. Um, Mark Andrews, uh, brilliant guy, Mark Andrews, he, said, he once said that his time in TNA taught him that you should pay less attention to... Twitter reactions and more attention to the reactions of the audience because the reactions of the audience are there. Twitter fans will tweet you positive stuff, but it might only be, you know, like a couple of percent of the people who have actually seen your match and they're going to tweet you the positive stuff because they like you. Mm -hmm. Whereas the fans, if they're sitting on their hands or if they're, you know, like cheering to the roof, that's the genuine the ones. reaction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I am split on it. It was just the consistency that I didn't like. Like Callum said about she was screaming in the armbar. Yeah. So let's not be like that. But I do like pushing, pushing the boundaries, making it sound a little bit more personal, mm. and everybody's talking about it. Oh God, yes. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody. I personally can't wait till Monday. Mm. See what happens next yeah. between Monda <clears throat> and or, Becky Lynch. Or in my case, I I'm watching on. This week in WWE. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what else? Do you, what else is your thoughts on on this situation? Do you think it needs to be reined in by WWE? Do you think they should still go at it? I know Ronda Rousey was like, "Your armbar looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had." 
I did like that. That was good. I did like yeah, that. I, I did like that. Response as well. I thought Becky's response with Ronda's yeah. husband the, on, on that. I'm hoping. I think the perfect way to make this carry on personal and portray it onto TV is really, really personal. Would be having Ronda and Becky brawling in the ring. They're getting, they're getting like split up. Ronda's getting held in the ring. Becky's getting held out of the ring. Becky's like, yeah, yeah, fine, I'm going. Sees Ronda's husband ringside, goes up and slaps Ronda's husband, knowing Ronda can't do anything about it because security have Ronda. And I'd make it that personal. Mm-hmm. I'd make it that personal where Ronda can't do anything while she sees Becky Lynch hit slap her husband. Yeah, a love bit it. like um, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles with the whole Wendy. Amazing. Daddy's coming home. I loved that. I love that. It was creepy. But it worked so well. Samojo should have been arrested. Mm, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, the, the WWE seem to be pushing the envelope of their rating because they still have to deliver a PG product. But it doesn't mean that it has to be a product aimed at children. And I think that, that's the misconception. Yeah. PG doesn't mean children's no. show. It you can still do a lot in the confines of PG. You can't even swear. Yeah. It just means. It doesn't mean, oh, this is a show for kids, like a lot of fans think. It just means you do have slight restrictions. You can still make compelling TV in PG, hence NXT. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to have a look at an example of it, there's, and there was um, the Paddington films. I've been raving about these recently because I recently rewatched them, but they are aimed at a family audience, but there's still, you know, like a bit of innuendo, a bit of pushing the the um pushing the the, the envelope of, you know, what's acceptable for children. But yeah, but in the same way that The Simpsons did, because if you watch The Simpsons as a child, you see the funny family. If you watch it as an adult, you pick up on the 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 the, the daft humour behind it that's a bit too grown up for children. And that's what they need to do with this, and that's what they are doing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what's next? Is that it? Yes. Yeah. So I think that really caps everything off that's happened in wrestling. I am really looking forward to seeing what happens next with um, Becky and Ronda. Um, it's it's going to be a triple threat, and I think it should be. I think the way they've done it is Charlotte's the mega heel. Then you're going to have people that agree with Becky. You're going to have people that agree with Ronda. And the booking of the match, I'd I'd probably go with um, Becky getting the win over Charlotte, because then if Ronda does want to have a little break away from wrestling for a few months, it leaves the possibility of Becky and Ronda as a singles match down the road, and I think that'd be big, a lot more anticipation. Becky can go away from Charlotte because I think after WrestleMania, them two do need to be on the separate paths. Mm-hmm. Becky's like I've beaten Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. Becky's going through everybody. Ronda comes back and she's like, you didn't beat me. If Charlotte wasn't in the match, I'd still be champion. And then they can pick up that, maybe at SummerSlam. Yeah, I've got SummerSlam. Becky versus Ronda, one-on-one. And then maybe the following WrestleMania, if they wanted to do the four-on-four, that's how they could build it. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking uh, SummerSlam as well for Rousey Lynch. That's your big money match. You might as well save it. Uh, that big match for SummerSlam and have you triple threat at WrestleMania. Yes, fantastic. So um, Dave's 
giggling away, so I think he's got something else to say. So this was, um, I, I just had to have, uh, take a look at um, the Rousey plans after Mania, because I think I read somewhere that she's not booked for any shows, which was proof amongst fans that she was leaving. And Definitely. AEW confirmed. Yeah, 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 AEW confirmed where she'll be appearing as, I don't know, Rousey Ronda. Um, but... I, I did think with that, well, this would be the ideal way of 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 titillating the fans. Oh, she's not got any bookings. Oh, perhaps she is leaving, as opposed to it being definite. My favourite comment, though, from Ronda Rousey, is she's addressed speculation she will leave WWE after WrestleMania. She said, and this is what made me giggle, I honestly don't know why anyone feels they're an authority to speak on plans for my uterus. It's my life. Keep the speculations to yourself. Leave me and my reproductive organs alone. I think that kind of closes the show, if you ask me. Like, what, where do we go from there? Well, what we do is we come back next week to talk more wrestle thoughts. I've been your host. We need to get the plugs in first, Dave. Oh, right. I've been your host, who is now plugging things. So I would like to thank our sponsors, Power Slam TV, where you can watch up to four thousand hours of wrestling from OTT, Rev Pro, many, many, many independent promotions I've never heard of, but definitely worth checking out by the looks of it. I even believe they have PWG on there, so well worth checking out on PowerSlam.tv. Use the promo code WrestleThoughts. I won't spell it out like most podcasters do. You know how to spell Wrestle Thoughts. Use that for a free month of PowerSlam TV. And that was my fantastic impersonation of Callum McInnes there. <laughs> uh, just spot on that one. Uh, I would like to thank my two co-hosts today. Where can we find you on Twitter, Dave? On Twitter, you can find me at... Dynamic thinking. Oh, dynamic thinking, yes. And on Instagram as well. And on Snapchat, if you want to... I don't know, Snapchat me or slide into my DMs or whatever people do on, on social media these days. Swipe up. I'd like to also address, I have a new Instagram name. Oh, what is it? It's WT Pod Callum. What does the WT Pod stand for? WrestleThoughts Podcast. Wow. And where can we find you, Kurt? So on Instagram, you can find me at WT Pod Kurt. Oh, we are on brand. We're on brand. See what we're doing there. And on Twitter, it is, as normal, Katie Johansson 93 oh, I forgot about Twitter. Mine's at Palace of Wisdom. And so, I'm, I'm finished oh, oh, terribly sorry. <laughs> you can find the podcast at WT Pod UK on Twitter and WT Pod on Instagram. And if you want to find out where to listen to us, go to linktree forward slash WT Pod. I'm considering changing my name to to match you guys, so I'm considering changing it to Wrestle Thoughts Podcast UK Dynamic Thinking on all social media over the next few days. Fantastic. Thank you for listening. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>